Hello. Hey, Ventica. Is Brian around? Yeah, he's going to set up. Can you move your mic? Is he joining in? Hey, Brian. Hello? Hello, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you, Brian. Okay, fine. You have to leave it here. Hello. So are we good? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Hi, Brian. Hi, Vantica. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So, Brian, I've known you on Twitter for quite a while. I'm just curious about your spiritual journey. Can you tell us about that? My spiritual journey? Um, uh-huh. Yes. My journey... When I tell you about my journey, I'll give you a little backstory just yes. so you understand the state I was at in which I started my journey. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was um I was a very deep, profound child for my age and very introspective, even at a young age. And mm -hmm. the reason I'm telling you this is because because of these gifts I was given, I mm -hmm. used them from a place of fear and programmed myself in a very powerful way. Because of this, I became very destructive or very numb very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward, fast forward. By the time I'm in high school, it was probably my peak of my numbness and destructiveness. Mm -hmm. And my conscious journey started right after high school, right before I went to college. So I was very numb, very sad, depressed, but didn't really know it. I was numb. Mm -hmm. And... I had a big disconnect between my mind and body, which I didn't mm -hmm. know at the time. But because I had this great disconnect, I was more present with my mind instead of my body. And because mm -hmm. of this, my mind was almost able to explore more ideas and such. And mm -hmm. a very synchronistic thing happened about a week before I went off to college. Um, a few days in a row, I was having trouble sleeping. And in these days, I felt some kind of call from inside of me, like something wanted me to research something. And I ended up researching indigo children. Okay. Um, indigo children about these beings who are here or incarnate here in this reality to help the, sh the shift, the expansion of our collective consciousness. And upon reading all this stuff, reading all the characteristics and symptoms that indigo children go through, I felt so strongly like, wow. I think my life actually has some kind of purpose. Like I feel like this, this makes sense as to why I'm here. And I just went with wow. it for about a year going into college or my first year of college, rather, I just started doing a lot of research into things related to Nicole children, like spirituality, chakras, <laughs> energy, metaphysics. Um, I was a very logical person at the time. So it was good for me to have come across things like quantum physics, which opened my mind a lot 
as to a lot oh. of things that logical people tend to not see as real, like chakras and energy, whereas quantum uh -huh. physics can consider these things, right? right? So I started learning a lot my first year of college about philosophy, psychology, um, quantum physics, spirituality, chakras, things like that. And I was just acquiring all this knowledge for the first year, right? It wasn't until coming up to my sophomore year of college, I did a chakra meditation and I experienced what I call Kundalini awakening or an enlightenment experience in which I was mm -hmm. able to experience the oneness of multidimensional consciousness or what some people call God, other people call their angels or guides, etc. I was wow. able to experience this oneness and I felt mm -hmm. this resonance inside of me, which validated that like, Hey, you're on the right path. The things you're doing are a part of your life purpose you we, you're you're loved beyond what you can imagine we're all here for you and yada yada right a lot of other things mm -hmm. i probably can't remember um mm -hmm. and then so so for that point on i i i started my spiritual journey it felt like like it was like like i knew consciously wow i'm on a spiritual spiritual journey before i was just researching so before it was kind of like my conscious journey and then now year into my conscious journey i'm starting my spiritual journey right mm -hmm. um a few months after that, I stumbled upon mindfulness. Mindfulness is mm. a huge thing because, like I said, I was experiencing a great disconnect between my mind and body. And I was mostly present with my mind, which means that as I discovered mindfulness, I was able to start reconnecting my mind and body by being present. Right. So I learned mm. how to meditate in about seven days. I do a seven day program on that app called Calm. And by mm -hmm. the seventh day, I learned meditation, basic breathing meditation. But I realized, oh, I live my life like on autopilot all the time. Like I'm unconscious all the time. I do all these things that I'm unconscious about. Like I'm always judging people. I'm, I'm, I'm always people pleasing. I don't even know who I actually am. I've, I'm always trying to reinforce this idea of who I think I am. I don't even, I'm not even this guy. That's not even who I actually am, right? And, oh. and that's when I start to discover what I call subconscious patterns. I start to watch these thought patterns. And as I go throughout my day, I'm like, why am I thinking these things? Why am I judging these people? Why am I like this? And I start to get answers, right? Mm -hmm. um, as I start to get these answers, I, I start to do what we call shadow work, which is I start to confront the parts of myself that are, that are fear-based or dark or unloved, et cetera. And a mm -hmm. lot of integration of these dark parts happens and I start to expand my consciousness. I become someone who is used to be kind of powerless, very lost. I was on my conscious and spiritual journey by myself. I start to become sort of someone who can help others like a light. And mm -hmm. I continue on this path. About a year later, I start what is, what is take the present now. And that was yes. about two years, three years into my conscious journey of helping people, just trying to be positive, help people and doing shadow work. But mm -hmm. as I do take the present, people actually like what I say. Like, I'm like, wow, the things I'm saying, people like it and it's actually helping them. So I continue on this yeah, path. Uh -huh. And I start to experience a lot of supernatural things, things like lucid dreaming, astral projection, um, mm -hmm. sleep paralysis. I start to experience multidimensional things. I start to be more aware of spirits and things around me. 
So very mm-hmm. supernatural part of my life happened to my junior year of college. Senior year of college, Take the President is really being built up as a great platform. My spiritual journey mm-hmm. now seems to be more and more about how can I create long-term change that helps a lot of people on this planet? How can I help people expand their consciousness in a great collective way? And Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming sort of someone who can consistently help others. I'm helping a lot of people in my life. I'm helping my family with their own cycles. They're starting to become more mindful themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to now, I was able to break a karmic cycle by getting out of a karmic relationship. And that mm-hmm. symbolized the end of my shadow work or the end of the bulk of it in which my mm-hmm. inner child is finally able to come to the surface in a very grounded way. I meet this yes. other girl who is with mm-hmm. me now. Her name is Vonska. She's actually here with me right now. And um, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this part of my journey symbolizes sort of the part where I'm actually executing all of the big visions I had. I got all these visions and these these messages that, hey, this girl is going to be the girl that you're going to go the rest of the way with. Like you're going to accomplish your dreams with her. And that was a year and a half ago. So a year and a half later, we're here. Um, life is incredible. And I'm dream. actually living my dreams. I'm actually pursuing everything I said I was going to do and helping people I was going to help. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know, life is Still limitless. Going. Still going. Talking to Mr. Inner P. Ooh, what monumental. A <laughs> <laughs> You're very powerful, Brian. I can hear from your voice. Your throat chakra is beautiful. You have a lot of powers. Your voice goes into inside of me and vibrates my heart chakra. You're a leader. You're a leader. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you have a very good voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could feel your heart NRP through your voice and through all your tweets. <laughs> thank you. So how about you, Vantica? So for me, it was more of uh, living in autopilot, like Brian said, and living in a mundane life and lifestyle and just something about something sparked in my life where I was like, I don't want to live life like this anymore, where I'm doing the same thing, living such a routine life. Um, It wasn't until I met Brian when I Mm -hmm. finally decided that I was going to take this leap into the unknown and really do inner work on myself. And he introduced a lot of mindfulness and meditation to me. And at first it seemed really foreign and I was just totally not used to that. I was just like, what, what is, what is consciousness? I was like, what is present? Like, what is the present moment? Like I would see his tweets when I was before I saw him again. And I was like, this kid is crazy. Like, what's he talking about? But now I'm like, Everything's just like, wow, so much clarity. I feel like every day I'm just learning and learning and learning new things about myself and rediscovering parts of myself that I didn't even know existed. And it's really beautiful watching it all unfold in front of me and seeing myself be creative in ways that I never expected that even to happen. I just thought that I wanted to live life feeling voids and just being with boys and being boy crazy but now i'm just in a place in my life where i'm continuing to accept myself for who i am and forgiving myself for all the past traumas and doing a lot Mm -hmm. of um inner work by just 
using my creative outlets and continuously rediscovering myself every day. So I would say that I'm still on this spiritual awakening journey right now, this conscious journey. But Brian mm -hmm. is someone who has really helped me through it and guided me through a lot of the difficult obstacles I've overcame so far. And it's been an amazing journey so far. I've been reparenting myself in a lot of ways mm -hmm. that I didn't think that I said this about a lot of stuff I didn't think I would have to do, but, <laughs> but you just like, it's just, it's eye-opening to live a lifestyle like this where you're in the present moment and you're just noticing little details of life and having a lot of gratitude mm. towards just the simple things in life. And just like right now, I'm enjoying this energy right now. It's very positive. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So what about yourself? Well, I ate dinner. I feel kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian has been helping yes. you all this time? He He's helping me all this time. Just I feel like I was asleep before, but I was still aware. I, don't, I think a lot of people go through this where they're like really aware, but they don't know what to do with that awareness. And I feel like hmm. I've been able to bring a lot of awareness to my body and connect my mind, body, and soul to the level of where um, it's kind of getting, like, I couldn't even imagine. Like, it feels, like, impossible and, like, limitless. But... It is. It is limitless. Uh -huh. But, yeah, Brian has done a lot of... By I feel like by association, I'm growing like really fast because he's growing really fast and I'm like with him every day. So everything that he's going through and he talks about it to me, it just feels like uh -huh. I'm going through it too with him and it feels really one with him. So he's a big part of yeah, this journey. Power, yeah, I think Brian's power is returning. It's going to become even more powerful. And I think you're remembering, you're helping each other so mm -hmm. much. And I feel so much love and light in you. You're beautiful. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. I'm starting to see You're that welcome. in myself too and kind of reclaiming that as well. Yeah, own that. Yeah, have a big open heart. Use that, but you need boundaries. Healthy boundaries. That uh -huh. is something I'm working on. It's just creating those healthy boundaries for myself and understanding like, what my boundaries are, my values. It's kind of like I've I've had values, but I don't think that I I don't know how to word it. Like I'm creating mm -hmm. new and more expanding values and healthier, authentic love for myself. Yeah, sound like you've becoming more and more authentic. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. So how's life? How's life like for a conscious couple such for you too? I can't even imagine. It's pretty that. fun. It's like every day you're going into uh -huh. a space in which both people are the entire family. And what I mean by that is that both people are like a father and mother figure. Both people's are uh -huh. that father and mother figure for each person's inner child. And they're creating that parental space for both people's inner child to come out and be reparented. Um, it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So 
it's 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 a lot of giving that unconditional love and creating that unconditional space as that parental figure. You know, we're both doing that for each other as we go through stuff. And then both of us are servicing mm-hmm. our inner child and then we get to be a child and do whatever children want to do. <laughs> and then we get to experience that love. We didn't get to experience in our child and then integrate it into our, our overall consciousness. Yes. I think what's beautiful is that we prioritize play and laughter and like on a level uh-huh. of where like, we do take each other really serious, but we also like bring light into our relationship to where it helps us work through things. And I've never been mm-hmm. in a conscious relationship. I've never even met a conscious man to begin with, like, man. But it no, really it feels like I found like a golden egg, but it just <laughs> it just feels like so new to me, really new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just like discovering what authentic love is. Brian says that we're like we can be like parental figures for each other, but in my eyes, mm-hmm. I feel like we're partners and really working towards not seeing each other as parental figures anymore, trying to work towards working on ourselves and um, just bringing that awareness that we have our own path. And that's what's really important is Mm -hmm. that we have our own healing work to do. And for us to like recognize that there are going to be times where we project onto each other, mostly me, but (laughs) um, just recognizing that, we have these like past traumas that we are still working through is really important to like, just hold space for each other. That's a beautiful point about the projection. I think that as we heal more and more, the projection part naturally mm-hmm. reduce. So indication to measure that. How about you too? Is there any attachment issues or codependence? As of last week, um, I was working on, Clingingness, clingliness. What's the word for it? Clingliness. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Um, I think uh-huh. with Brian, I look for this warmth, and sometimes, like when I'm cold to, I'm normally cold to myself at nighttime. Really cold to myself. I I notice that I okay. can get cold, and like want like cuddles or something, or like kind of cling on to him. Mm-hmm. And I think my biggest attachment is just like that warmth and that affection and like intimacy on a deeper level, and mm-hmm. just that's like my biggest I think attachment I have. It's just that's healthy, right, for lovers. You think so? Yeah. There's has a certain degree of that, I think. Yeah. I think it's healthy to mm-hmm. the point where unless it becomes like codependent where you're expecting it from your partner, um, that can become unhealthy mm-hmm. and like it doesn't feel authentic when it becomes like an expectation almost. So I think that's what I was working towards. Yeah. It's just l- like letting love in and receiving it in an authentic way. Because from the very beginning of our relationship, it was really hard for me to receive love. In, in a lot of forms. Uh-huh. So, Why do you think that is? I'm just curious. Um, I believe that throughout my lifetime, I never really got physical affection in like little ways. So uh-huh. like just, just like simple like, oh, he cooks for me. Like, wow. Like just simple things like someone just showing love in like just all types of forms, I think. It's new to me. And it's really foreign mm-hmm. because I think I – I really like raised myself 
per se. Like I kind of like taught myself and supported myself from a very young age. And Brian Mm -hmm. almost is like this nurturer person to me. And I'm just like, sometimes like shocked, like, wow, this exists. (laughs) Like someone like this actually (laughs) exists. And I think, and it's easy for me to like put, like a lot of self-worth in him sometimes because I he is like this really amazing person. I see him as a really amazing person. And I think that's also an attachment mm-hmm. I have is like my validation sometimes. And that can be like uh, a yes. like a parental figure type thing where you like want to like make your parent proud or something. <laughs> what do you so you're mm-hmm. projecting this onto Brian? hoping to get it from him yes and that sometimes creates fear based like deep fear deep rooted fear in me sometimes Mm -hmm. and i sometimes will make like decisions out of anxiety because i'm just like what will brian think or is this is this acceptable or something like that like i have this like my this my own like inner judgment voice but it's not even about brian and I bring it back to myself and do the inward work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is beautiful. It's the fact that you can actually consciously talk about it. you're very aware of this and how it affects you. Yes. Yeah, it's not unconscious. Yeah. So you can actually practice and heal. What about you, Brian? The thing about a conscious relationship is that there's nothing that your partner is going through that does not mirror you, mm-hmm. right? So even if it doesn't mirror you in the surface level way, ah. because you're with them, it's mm-hmm. still a cycle you share on a deeper level. So if you take, for example, the clinginess you mentioned, you tend to seek me out when you want emotional warmth, or rather not when you want emotional warmth, but when the wounded child inside of you wants emotional warmth, mm-hmm. you seek it out. And mm-hmm. well, actually something I realized today, which is news I haven't told you yet, is that I've been trying to figure out how that mirrors me. Because if you watch me, I don't uh-huh. ever do clinging stuff towards you. Uh-huh. Except in the morning. <laughs> the way you're clinging at night oh is when gosh. I'm in the when I wake up in the morning and you leave for work, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay in bed. Right? Yeah. And it's funny, it's the du- it's a dualistic mirror because your <laughs> yours happens at night, mine's happens oh in the morning. God. And what happens is when I wake up from my dreams, I love my dream <laughs> self so much. And then I lose it and I'm sad about it. And then I seek out your warmth because you remind me of my dreams because you remind me of my dream girl. Wow. I think for me, I go throughout the day where Uh I feel like a lot of my energy can be pulled in different ways. And you're just like this, like safe little body that I just go to and want. (laughs) Yeah. He's a safe harbor. Yeah, solid, safe harbor. It's a very good observation, Brian. It's really good. Yeah, you woke up in the morning and you feel sad. At the moment you're sad, mm-hmm. you want to warmth. Handle that sadness. But this happens in the daytime for you. For her, it happens mm-hmm. at nighttime. So it's like a reverse. In again, duality. Very good observation. So do you two ever need time for each space from away from each other? Did you want to answer that first or me? I, I personally, <laughs> I do not need uh-huh. 
time away from Vontica because if I need okay. time away from her or if I have a belief that I need time away from her, it means that I am essentially mm -hmm. blaming her for some kind of emotional thing. And I think that I can only deal with that thing if she is gone. Right. So to literally answer your question, mm -hmm. I do not need time from her. Of course, we experience a healthy amount of time alone. I think it's good to spend time alone. But I'm also realizing that mm -hmm. you do not need time alone to process things. It's because if you are not your true self around people because you're attached to them, then mm -hmm. it may seem like you need to be away from them to be your true self, right? So for me, when we first started dating, there are times where I felt like I needed space from her. But as I've really opened up <laughs> to being my truest self, most vulnerable, spiritual, multidimensional, crazy, supernatural self around Bantika, I've noticed that my need for space mm -hmm. away from her has drastically decreased. Whereas for me, <laughs> who is still working on themselves, I feel like for me, sometimes uh -huh. I have, I don't have to, but I, I like to like, give myself that space away from things that are going to influence me, like whether it be like social media or something or mm -hmm. Brian, sometimes I just like my alone time, but I'm starting to realize that when I want, when I like am seeking for that alone time, there's some part of me that is self disconnected mm -hmm. where my mind and body is telling me something mm -hmm. Like earlier, I wanted space away from him because I had this like this migraine, mm -hmm. but it was because I didn't want to project anything onto him. So mm -hmm. I might have said, leave the words, leave me alone. <laughs> and that might have came off a little rude. Okay. And I could have worked on my wording maybe. But in that moment, like my wounded child, she's like, leave me alone type of thing. And that's when I knew that, mm -hmm. like, I was rejecting some part of myself. So I'm still working on the alone time because, as I spoke about earlier, I just got over the clinginess. So I'm working on um, giving myself space and continuing to expand my creativity in my mind. That's a really good observation. It's about your self-disconnection and inner wounded child. It's not Correct. really about Brian at that moment. Yeah, it goes back to yourself. So you can actually work on yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't try to change other people. Sometimes oh, I have the beautiful. urge to just run. But with this quarantine going on, mm -hmm. it's really helping. It's really helping. Where are you going to really go? <laughs> 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 There's no place to go. <laughs> to build on that inner P, I do want to say that I think it's super beneficial uh -huh. for people to spend time alone when parts of themselves are surfacing that uh -huh. are attached mm -hmm. to their significant other for certain forms of love. It's good to spend time alone so you can give yourself a chance mm -hmm. to give yourself that form of love before your defense mechanism takes over yes. and you seek that person out or you try to blame them for your issues to project onto them. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful point. So how do you handle projections from your lover? Brian never projects onto me. 
I just I just have to put that out there. Like <laughs> I don't think there's okay, maybe okay. never is uh-huh. like pretty bold. She, she doesn't see me do it. But yeah, I don't see you do it. So okay. to answer your question, Enter P uh-huh. projections, they start uh-huh. on an emotional level and then they become some kind of thought where you're blaming mm-hmm. them or you're trying to push the emotion onto them. Then you may act it out, mm-hmm. right? For me, I'm pretty good at catching my projections and not needing to act them out. The reason being is that I'm pretty good at not needing to express my emotions in order to validate them, right? So because of that, I don't need to act out my emotions mm-hmm. at all or my desires in order for them to be valid. So when I do project on Devontica, she doesn't see it. I see it in my head. I may be judging her, maybe having certain thoughts. But instead mm-hmm. of needing to act it out, really? I, oh. I am able to be mindful of it and identify, oh, mm-hmm. this is a projection. And these emotions that I'm trying to push away, I'm just going to be present with them instead of pushing them away onto her. And then I do. And then mm-hmm. I probably cry or release them or whatever. I feel them. Mm-hmm. I don't even... Th- mm-hmm. so it's internal for you, Brian. Internal. Right? It's internal. It's internal for you, but you're aware of it. But you don't act it out from this internal. You don't project mm-hmm. to the external and blame her. So she doesn't see that part of you. And then she thinks I don't project, but mm-hmm. I still do. It's just each time I catch it, it's more and more rare because I'm like able to work through the part of myself that is projecting. You're very present and mindful. You have to be mm-hmm. present and mindful in order to do that. That's very difficult to catch difficult. all the time. Before, mm-hmm. um, in my other karmic relationship, I wasn't able to catch my projections until I was like almost angry and mm-hmm. in, 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 in attacking them or judging them harshly or something like that. And that's over time, you get better and better. You don't even have to say it out loud. You already catch its projection. Mm-hmm. So it's a skill that you can gradually improve on and get better Mine's at. more it. external. Where I, I, I see myself projecting. I feel myself projecting. I feel the anger. It's internal and external. But the words still come out. And uh-huh. <laughs> the feelings still are there. Uh-huh. And luckily, I'm dating someone who's conscious and mindful and very observant who will tell me it's not about, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about you right now. And then I put my defensive walls down, my defense mechanism walls down. And I just, honestly, crying helps a lot. Just just surrendering almost. This is just like, it's not about winning or being right. It's more about your inner peace. And that's what I'm learning. It's just mm-hmm. coming to this like beautiful moment where a moment of growth is just rebirthing for both of us. Mm-hmm. So is there ever a situation, Brian, that you let her express all her projections and let her release, and then you tell her it's about you, not about me? What do you tell her in the right away when you so know she's projecting? In each moment, you have to make uh-huh. a decision and figure it out in the moment. It's unique. There are times in which, because projection is essentially a way to push your emotions onto other people, blame them for your emotions, and then control your emotions further by controlling them, Mm -hmm. there are times where 
if mm-hmm. the person is essentially spiraling and you can prevent them from spiraling by interrupting them and getting them to be present. Other times, if it is a lot of emotions mm-hmm. or a lot of pent up anger, it's probably better for you to not interfere and let them get all the anger out because it's probably such a great accumulation of emotion and frustration from their childhood. It needs to come out and they're going to act it out. They need to act it out because they spent so many years suppressing both the emotions and suppressing Uh their expression of it. So they almost feel like they have to express it. So in those times, I definitely let her get it all out. I just take Uh a seat and just watch her and hold space and just hope I don't get killed or something. Sometimes sometimes we put timers. <laughs> sometimes we put timers on how long. We put secret timers. Sometimes I time her. <laughs> it took you this long. <laughs> Next time. There should be no time limit on that. There's so many years of accumulation, you know? <laughs> Come on, buddy. <laughs> Five Give me another hours, day man. or so. I just, I honestly just like appreciate those moments, and we. It is. You're right. It may take longer to work through those, but like, I'm glad we can come together in the end and just really like look into it and find growth with each other. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's the fact that he's willing to do this for you. It's love. Authentic love. It's unconditional love. It's hard to take. Yeah, it's hard to take that shit from at somebody. At first, sometimes. it was really hard. Like, <laughs> at first, it was really hard. So I felt like that's when my growth grew really fast. I was like, "Oh no! Like, I don't think I can continue to do this. Plus, I don't think I want to." So it's gotten a lot easier to work through patterns uh-huh. together. Because we we don't really see each other as separate. Yeah. We see each other as one. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Sometimes I think you need to release. There's so much accumulation, like Brian says. And before a certain amount of release is done, mm-hmm. it's yes. hard to work on the patterns because the accumulation keeps getting in the way. So you having somebody to hold space for you consciously allow you to be yourself and be vulnerable and release, that really accelerates your growth, I think. Yeah. I I, I think a lot of people don't have that. They're just trying to Mm -hmm. handle everything by themselves. I'm very fortunate, I feel like, to be with someone who's very understanding and patient with my growth, with my own healing work, and is helping me feel seen and loved. Mm-hmm. In a You're healthy ho- way, very mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah, it's not an attachment mm-hmm. type of way. Well, you are helping him too. Both of you, same journey. It goes she both ways. A, she's a big heart. Yeah, it's also why when she when she had these moments in the mm-hmm. past where she would project, and I I wouldn't say anything or do anything. I knew she just needed to get the inner child's feelings out. It's. Uh, I also trusted that she just has a big heart in mm-hmm. general, so she was gonna confront herself. She can't hate me forever, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, like you said, she does help me a lot too. She's the biggest thing to me. She is the biggest heart I've I've seen in. I don't know. She's just a big heart, big heart girl, big heart energy. <laughs> Her heart is big and open. Her heart is big and open, and 
there's a lot of love and her light's very strong. Yeah, it's very nurturing. If she's just being herself, that's very nurturing. Thank mm -hmm. you. Beautiful. I like this talk. You're welcome. I like this podcast we're having right now. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. We should do this more often, huh? Or at the very least, the Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. So, is there any new things you two are working on right now like during this quarantine time? Creative-wise, like mediums or. Yeah, sure. Any spiritual practice? Just, anything you're building out, or um, a ten-day meditation challenge that was fun did you participate in that or oh, good <laughs> no i just kept watching your tweets about it <laughs> while i'm eating dinner practitioner <laughs> yeah that's me i think my spiritual practice is right now is really connecting my mind body and soul and seeing it as one that i'm going through right now bringing mm -hmm. present moments into my life more and i'm trying to get into yoga i keep saying that i'm gonna do yoga let's do it and I'm I'm not the most flexible person, but I can do stuff if I put my heart into it. You know, it's actually it's actually yeah, next to it. my. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a skill tree. Mm -hmm. The next skill, my coaching skill tree part, is to be a yogi. Oh, that's so mine. That, that's too. next. That's the next room for area of growth for me. So we should do it together. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just really working on being more creative and putting myself out there in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the best way for the heart to expand, build upon authenticity. So that's definitely the right path. And as the heart expands, the love will start becoming more and more, and the light will become stronger. Yeah. How about you, Brian? Are you working on anything yeah, new uh, or working toward anything right I'm now? I'm doing two main things. One, I'm pursuing some things, which I'll tell you about. The second thing I'm doing is re constantly recreating my mm -hmm. lifestyle to maximize my ability to pursue those things that I'll tell you about. So um, I'll tell you about the lifestyle first because the things that I'm actually pursuing tend to happen later in the day. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of my, my, daily, my daily routine right now. But... Right now, my daily routine is about waking up okay. and trying to maintain awareness to my dream self, right? I, I can't depend on Vantika to remind me of my oh, dream wow. self because she works. So she, by the time I leave bed, she's gone already, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm self-employed. I work at home. And so first thing I try to mm -hmm. stretch, drink water, drink fruit or eat fruit, mm -hmm. try to clean my body as much as possible, clean the apartment a little bit, create a space for me for my inner child to come out and then trying to guide my inner child to pursue the things that I'm trying to pursue, right? Because I know my conscious self can pursue it, but in order to get the fulfillment and the drive necessary to mm. pursue a lot of these ambitious projects, I need my inner child to be on board as well, right? So a lot of it is recreating my lifestyle to cater toward my mm -hmm. inner child so my inner child can use this inner genius and very creative abilities 
and use those abilities to pursue these things, right? So a lot of that is get my inner child to surface and mm -hmm. integrate it, you know, surfacing subconscious patterns, integrating inner child with my conscious awareness. Hopefully every single day by the end of the day or toward the end of the day or sometime in the evening, um, I've made some kind of progress. My inner child is ready or something. And I like to pursue one as a podcast. So this is timely. This is pretty timely. I'll probably even use the same platform you're using, which is Anchor, to host it. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm pursuing some cool. creative stuff. I'm, cool. I'm creating videos uh -huh. to help people understand the process of confronting yourself, resolving subconscious patterns. I released a dance video recently to show that. Um, I'm getting into photography as well, pursuing that and photo editing. Mm -hmm. I am creating resources like an online guide to help people understand the process a lot as well. I want to create more and more visuals that helps people or just help anyone, not just people who can read, but people who, even people who aren't that great at visualizing things, I want to give them more visuals. Like I have this thread on Take the Present that, I, that used to be pinned. It was this diagram about all these ways to confront yourself, subconscious patterns, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I want to recreate this in an updated way, in a more easy to yeah. understand way that's actually animated. So I'm learning all this Adobe software to, <laughs> to animate and create animated pictures and GIFs and things of that nature. Um, yeah, that's what I'm pursuing. I'm trying to build Take the Present out, getting more creators on board. I hope to have a shop open soon, have a podcast ready creating an online community mm -hmm. for people to connect with other people on a spiritual journey because I know a lot of people start their spiritual journey alone. I hope to have a community for people to be a part of as well. And then also pursuing my coaching. I'm a conscious mm -hmm. coach. So, you know, always trying to help my clients who <laughs> I truly believe can really like are amazing people who can change the world. People that I'm really like trying to teach them every single thing I know and trying to get them to really be leaders in their own lives as well. Mm -hmm. And all of them have their own ambitious plans of how they want to help the world or what they want to create or their ideal lifestyle. So it's pretty cool to pursue all this all along with my inner child at the same time. This is beautiful. You're doing stuff to help others at the same time for your inner child to come out more and more naturally with this entire process. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have a really powerful voice. If you do anchor, I think you do really well. And plus, you're a natural leader. So this will be really good. So for you too, for this quarantine, has any routines changed for you too? Has anything changed or has our routine changed? Has your routine changed? I, I still wake up past noon. I still stay up till like almost daylight. And mm -hmm. I still pursuing the things I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm still always recreating my lifestyle. So as far as the quarantine goes, my lifestyle has been pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Mine has too. I'm considered an essential worker. Mm -hmm. So I'm still going, going to work and coming back home and releasing my inner child when i get home <laughs> i'm trying to whenever i'm at work uh -huh. i'm trying to become more present with the kids and understanding them it's really helping me actually mm. when i see how they mirror mm -hmm. me and my inner child my wounded inner child um, i really try to like 
helps them mm-hmm. become more mindful of their feelings. Like today, actually, the one of the um, kids that I'm taking care of, he got really angry. So I decided to just give him space. Okay. And then when I gave him that space to have time alone, I, he was really like, his attitude just like changed so fast. I think when you like hover over children and try to like, like light the fuel with them, they get kind of like even more angry. So I think sometimes it's just good to just be like, okay, I'm going to give you space. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that's what something I was going through today too. Now that I think about it. Wow. So yeah, nothing has really changed, but becoming more present throughout the days has changed for me. Mm-hmm. How about your relationship with other people now that you two are so aware and conscious of your a lot you know, wounded child? People that I thought were uh, my friends have faded. A lot of people have faded out mm-hmm. naturally. Not that I, I don't necessarily like consider like cutting out people. I don't necessarily do that. I think it's more organic for me to, as I expand my mm-hmm. mind, people just naturally kind of go mm-hmm. towards their own path. And I'm not really, I'm learning to not become so attached to those friendships or um, have any expectations really. And it's, and it's actually mutual. It's nice to just, not have like high maintenance friendships where I feel like I have to put in a lot of energy. It feels like I'm putting a lot of energy towards mm-hmm. um, myself, working on myself. So do you feel like you have healed, become more conscious and improve your vibe change, your energy is better. So they don't resonate with you anymore. They just kind of go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. You have less expectations of them and um, you just move I on. I don't think like it's that. not that they don't resonate with it. I think they feel it, but I don't think that – I think they may have shields that they're not ready to put down. And I think it's important to trust that timing is important for everyone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're not able to see the same things that I'm mm-hmm. able to see or not see. But what? Not see. <laughs> Not see. <laughs> but um yeah, I don't think I think it's just a natural thing. I still am friends with the people who I thought weren't my friends. Like I can still consider them friends, but um <laughs> I feel like as I work through my mm-hmm. cycles, they kind of work through their cycles and they're more intrigued. Like mm-hmm. they're more intrigued into my lifestyle. Like my family members per se, yeah. like my relationships with my family members have grown a lot. Like I've talked to them about meditation and they're incorporating it into their lifestyles as well. And eating plant-based is something that has intrigued my family as well. So I think as I work through a lot of things, people around me start to work through it as well. That's amazing. That means as you heal and grow and change, and less and less self-disconnection, you can somehow the, your relationship outside with them gets better and grow. And they even emulate 
to a certain extent. Yes, I think it's all like mutual. They change their lifestyles too. It's nice to see that my family members can break those ancestral trauma. Mm -hmm. What about you, Brian? Mm -hmm. What about your friendships and your relationships? Um, I've been on this journey for a while. And so I definitely experienced what Bantuka kind of experienced, which is when you first start to really grow a lot. A lot of people that don't resonate with that either journey as much or the vibration you're currently at the time, they may drift away somewhat. Um, they don't really leave my life completely a lot of times. A lot of people, they kind of drift away temporarily and then they come back into my life at a time that's synchronistic in which their cycle that they've struggled with is a cycle I'm currently ready to work through. And as I work through that cycle, it also helps them as well. So that's what I noticed oh, early wow. in my journey. Um, now, a couple uh -huh. years into my journey, what I've noticed recently, especially, you know, bring up a lot of inner child stuff, being quarantined, spending a lot of time with yourself. A lot of people around me are really starting to boss up, kind of like how mm -hmm. I'm starting to boss up and start putting myself out there, start creating a podcast creating all the creative stuff i want to create you know a lot of people around me are really starting to put themselves mm -hmm. out there and pursue the thing that they they really wanted to but they never did so that's a beautiful thing i'm seeing around me right now that is beautiful they're becoming more than themselves yeah that's a big step <laughs> yes hey Vantica. All of a sudden, I knew I have to tell you this uh, for your path, for the, the heart, love, and life. Besides authenticity, there's another aspect is that you want to reduce, I want to reduce expectations. expectations. Yeah. The more you reduce, the bigger your heart, the more your love, and the more your Thank life. Thank you for telling me yeah. that. If that something is new, a, I could tell you that. That is a yeah, big so, pattern yeah. that I go through. You're welcome. Okay. It doesn't feel real when you expect things or like you expect a certain outcome. So, yes. Thank you. Mm hmm. Do you have anything to build on You're to that welcome. comment about my expectations? I think about how you work with kids and then you come home and your own inner child comes out and it's like a party with like two children <laughs> every time. I, I think in that moment, there's a blind spot for both of us <laughs> where there's some kind of expectation to always receive that form of party, fun, mm -hmm. joy time. Um, but we should just experience the present as it is. Mm -hmm. and not expect to get that out of each other i know it's rare for us to get that and personally between you and me we've probably never had like playtime within our child before like this before so i know it's yeah. really rare but um it's kind of like a, it's kind of like the kid you work with expects to play the nintendo switch when you get there right yeah it's it's like we shouldn't expect that same kind of fun from each other either you know it's it's good that we get it mm -hmm. but if we expect it from each other we're not getting it from ourselves mm-hmm That's a very good observation. You don't want to fall into that trap and you'd be disappointed, unconsciously disappointed and not knowing why when you don't get that. Mm -hmm. 
So for this quarantine period, do you two have anything you want to tell others that they can I do picked up embroidery. to help them? <laughs> it's helped my patience and cool. seeing it as taking my time uh -huh. and not rushing it. A lot of times I find myself rushing, especially when it comes to doing dishes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing it as artful. It's been a very nice hobby to get into and I think journaling helps writing helps mm -hmm. writing blogs reading taking walks in nature I think we should all take that for like we should all do that right now it's kind of cold in Texas mm -hmm. so it's not really optimal but taking walks and just being mm -hmm. in the nature is like the biggest refresher I think that Six feet apart for sure. Six feet apart. <laughs> I think spending a lot of time just like sitting and being quiet is nice too. <laughs> That's really important because I feel like in a like distracting world mm -hmm. we live in, it's really nice to just observe and like feel things in the present moment and in the silent moments. Yeah, I think for a lot of people that you see some people that need to go out as a coping mechanism or to get away from home, it's very difficult for mm -hmm. them at this time. I mean, there's a lot of other ways to escape yeah. too when you're at home. So it's really important that you're staying true to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. Yeah, I want to build off of that a little bit. How about you, Brian? That... I think it's a good time for people to really explore mm -hmm. themselves. And, you know, Vatsuka mentioned embroidery. She may not have realized I was actually a very profound dancer and mm -hmm. that she's used to creating things where it's sort of less effort to create, kind of like painting. It requires one stroke to express yourself, right? Whereas embroidery, you'll do one very tedious stitch mm -hmm. and you, you, you made one little small mark on the, the fabric you're working with. And you have to do a lot of tedious work to express yourself very, very little. Hmm. But it's important because it's, it's combining that masculine, logical form of yeah. love or intelligence with creativity, right? And so she may not have realized that she was actually exploring that part of herself mm -hmm. that she's not used to exploring, right? And I think, it's, I think it's important for people to really explore themselves now, right? I mean, you're almost being hmm. forced to. You can't really go out and cope as much. I do think a lot of people are going to be spending a lot of time in social media because social media is the one coping mechanism that's the that's left, right? Like you can't really go out and party right now, but you can't yes. go to social media. I do mm -hmm. think it's good for people to really confront that though, because mm -hmm. if you're spending a lot of time on social media, then it's easier to notice, oh, I'm on autopilot mode. This is not making me happy. Whereas mm -hmm. if you have a busy day working nine to five, then you come home and you scroll on social media for an hour or two, you may not notice, oh, I'm on autopilot mode. You may just think, oh, I'm just releasing stress. Right? So I think it's good for people to explore themselves. And if they notice themselves autopilot mode mm -hmm. on social media, it's fine. Just be mindful of it. Try to figure out what you're looking for. You know, you're not just scrolling for no reason. You're looking for some kind of connection, some kind of feeling, some kind of form of love, some kind of fulfillment, right? Why can't you get that from yourself? Um, mm -hmm. My biggest advice, though, for us as... as as a, a take the present advice is like 
just meditate, guys. Like, yes, just really take some time I to meditate. I meditated an hour a day, so I did a ten day meditation challenge, and I'm still basically doing. It. I meditated every every day for one hour, and yes, one hour a day. Some days I do body scanning. One hour. Some days I do chakra. Um, the wow. days I do body okay. scanning. Uh-huh. I notice I can really reconnect my mind and body. Like the next day I'm like, holy, my body feels like it just healed or, or something comes mm-hmm. to the surface. The days I do talk and meditation, I really feel like I'm in alignment with my sole purpose, my path. I mm-hmm. feel like I know how to pursue what I'm pursuing, you know, and I've just been doing this every single day for an hour. I, f- I feel like the hardest thing is to get your inner child to meditate. Cause you know, children, especially in our generation, they just want to be so restless and do high dopamine activities like video games and toys and ipads and such right i somehow got my inner child to meditate i don't know how but it just loves meditation, my inner child mm-hmm. loves meditation. it's so good it's addicting yeah. <laughs> that's amazing i feel that your solar plexus is very powerful too brian and your your root chakra are very well grounded. Thank very you. well grounded. Very solid. <laughs> thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Meditations really do help. Fun story. Brian got his wisdom teeth taken out. Didn't take mm-hmm. any medicine. Did like three chakra meditations in one day, and his mouth just like healed <laughs> on its own in one day. And I'm just like. What the heck? Oh he literally God. just felt all of his like jaw tension, and all of it. His face didn't even swell. I was just like, this is like really weird, but it was really cool. I was glad that he didn't have to go through that much pain. But just, just showing, yeah, it's a superpower. But just like That's showing good. that, like bringing Super awareness power. to the, those parts <laughs> of your body really helps, and like not just finding the quickest way, but just really like feeling those sensations. It's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing a lot of people have difficulties with, I think. They mm-hmm. Instinctively, they want to run away from pains. They don't want to feel that. They've been trained that way a million times before. So now you tell them to go and face that and feel that. Very yeah, difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. Interesting because people are afraid that if they feel their pain, it won't go away and they'll feel it forever. And they also don't really realize that they can experience mm-hmm. fulfillment yeah, and joy okay. from feeling pain. And it's paradoxical because they think, how can pain be happy or joyful? And typically, it's not the pain itself. It's just the ability to feel in general is just beautiful, an extraordinary ability, you know. And at some point, I think, I think, I think everybody will feel their pain when they value the ability to feel more than they value the the comfortable space they've created mm-hmm. of numbness or they're no longer like they're they value the ability to feel more than they are afraid of their pain how about that that makes a lot of sense the ability to feel such a beautiful gift yeah Uh uh-huh 
And if you don't want to feel certain emotional pain, it's very difficult to heal. That's a thing. Yeah, you end up relying on your coping mechanism and defensive mechanism. You're just looping back and forth. Mm -hmm. And like you said, numbing yourself too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Creates a lot of disconnection. And from that, you get projection onto others because the emotional thing is all messed up. Yeah, so what you said makes a lot of sense. If we can actually just value that more, it it's it's actually like, solves a lot of problems. I feel bad. Yeah. And in order to resolve it, I'm just not going to feel at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like, like you break your finger and you're like, my finger hurts. Yeah, that's exactly I, it. <laughs> I'll just cut off my hand. I don't have to feel my finger. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> oh my god. Than yeah. Just being open, really, <laughs> to be present with yourself. Yeah, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of, you have to be very brave mm -hmm. in order to do that. Not many people can. Or you willing to try. Yeah, that's the thing. Putting yourself first. Doing the inner work. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think that's why. Mm -hmm. I think that's why starting your mindfulness journey is typically the hardest uh -huh. part for people. Because simply starting it and just by being present, mm -hmm. you're essentially going against all of the programming you've ever programming yourself up until that point so it's a pretty big deal just to even start your journey is like yeah, the biggest you step are. ever <laughs> well i see why yeah, that's why funny. your website is called take it's the like, present actually take the present. <laughs> it's like the present's always there for you it's a gift to you just take it <laughs> that makes right sense. But ironically, you don't have to do anything. Like, you literally, the presence always there. Just be. Huh? So, do you two have any recommendations for others how to be present? Breathing work. The methods <laughs> really just recommend? Sitting your, your breath. Sometimes I, feel, I notice myself just holding my breath. And I'm just like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, whew, deep breath. And it really brings me back to the present moment. Stretching helps a lot too. Like, yeah, just like you just become, I mm -hmm. didn't realize how effective stretching was. Stretching. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that helps me become more present too. I think, yeah, I, I want to double down on breath work. So breath because work and stretching, okay. Breath uh -huh. work is something that is one of the easiest things to do. Okay. And yet one of the most effective things, right? One of the first meditations you mm -hmm. learn is breathing meditation. And for a lot of people who struggle to meditate, even breathing can mm -hmm. give you the benefits of the present moment without, even if you don't master meditation or you never really get breathing meditation down. Um, you know, you know, like when people first start meditating, it's like they feel like they're not doing it right. They feel like they can't do it. They feel like it's not worthwhile, blah, 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 right? I think people like that breath work can still start them on their yep. journey before they actually learn how to meditate.
Oh. I think it'd be helpful. So have them do the breath work before meditation. Right, because when you meditate, when like we said, the first time you start your journey, your okay. meditation journey, you're essentially going against all of your programming and defense mechanisms, right? Mm -hmm. And that is very overwhelming to a lot of people, or it can be, yep. right? There's a way to do it more gradually, which is you're still able to use a mm -hmm. lot of your defense mechanisms and you don't have to be fully still in meditation, but you are breathing. So at least you are being present with a lot of your defense mechanisms or mm -hmm. some of them, and you're able to release some of them. I think, I think that's pretty powerful to say that. Yeah, that is. Mm -hmm. They don't have to give up their old habits all at once, which is impossible for most people. But they're still doing their breath work, so they receive the, start to receive the benefits of it. Yeah, that's a really good way to observing do it, I think. Observing your thoughts is another mm -hmm. good way. Just observing yourself throughout the day. There's probably a way uh, yes. to teach people how to meditate mm -hmm. by breaking meditation down into skills mm -hmm. that they can practice outside of meditation, like breathing, like Vanska said, being aware of your thoughts. Um, I'm sure there's a way to break it down, and I feel kind of inspired to now. Just like, mm -hmm. Maybe just like even like how you walk. Just you're going to create a chart? Walk and your Please? posture. Simple, like, little uh -huh. details in your life you can work on or, like, mm -hmm. notice in life. I sit with my back slouched. What do I sit with my back slouched? And then... <laughs> so, what were you saying? So... Mm -hmm. So, becoming more and more conscious yes, of your posture and... Your movements? A conscious lifestyle. Okay, so more conscious living. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or a conscious couple. <laughs> I do think it's kind of difficult for people to start mm -hmm. a conscious lifestyle before they learn how to meditate because oftentimes mm -hmm. they don't really feel inspired to be more conscious until they meditate. Typically when people are finally fully present, they start to realize like, wow, my lifestyle is, is out of balance. I'm unconscious. I, I don't know what I'm like. Something's, something's not right. And then they feel inspired. Right. So I think that's also a big part of getting people to start their journey. It's not just helping mm -hmm. them learn meditation, but helping them learn this parts of meditation that they are or that are more universally seen as beneficial. That's why I think breathing is pretty good because you can universally get anyone to realize, okay, I should breathe more. I should breathe more mindfully, you know? Yeah. That's healthy. Yeah, healthy for you. Meditation you do seems kind of boring or something. Mm -hmm. So get, even getting people to start meditating can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Or it's getting people to start breathing. It's like, bro, you're already breathing throughout the day. Might as well do it better. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Makes a lot of sense that way. Yeah, if you want just want to do one hour meditation <laughs> a day when they start, that's almost like it's a waste of time. Impossible. To them. It's too difficult for most people. 
Yeah. But if you tell them to do the, the breathing mm -hmm. thing. And they can do it at the gym. The breath they can work. Do it they they can do bed. it because they're already doing that. Driving. Anything. Taking a shower. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if it's better to introduce mindfulness and then try to get people to learn meditation and not and not try to introduce mindfulness through meditation. Yeah, for me, I kind of went that route. I don't meditate. I don't sit down and meditate, but I go through the being present and mindfulness. I still don't meditate. Is it something you would ever be into? <laughs> but yeah. Uh -huh. Here's your I, I have to. It's calling me. I just keep sign, ignoring sir. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <In fact, laughs> no, no. We'll just further cement it. I'm going to talk about the three <laughs> major forms of meditation <laughs> that someone should master on their spiritual journey. Are you ready? Step one, breathing meditation. Reason being, oh, yes, when the first time you learn uh -huh. meditation, you're essentially going against all of your programming and defense mechanisms that can be very overwhelming. Your defense mechanisms are both thought patterns and behavioral patterns. So even when you're meditating, you may be restless, right? Mm -hmm. That's very difficult. It's, instead of attacking all that right away, the first thing we're going to do is just breathe. Mm -hmm. Reason being, you cannot breathe in the past or future. When you're breathing, you are present inherently. Right. When you're breathing, you're present with your body. Um, if your mind is present with your breathing, mm -hmm. if your if your mind is aware of your breathing, your mind's also present. So it's almost like the the single most universally seen thing as beneficial that everyone wants to mm -hmm. do is breathe. It's basic form of meditation, right? When people first learn breathing meditation, a lot of people mm -hmm. think that they should focus on the breath mm -hmm. every time they experience a thought this sort of implies that they should ignore their thought and be aware of their breath. But this is actually not that effective. Um, it's better to learn how to breathe into your thoughts. What this means is that you're present mm -hmm. with your thoughts and your breath, not just your breath, right? So when you do this, you're breathing into your thoughts. You're forcing those things, oh. those thoughts and emotions to be present, okay? And you're also hmm. expanding your awareness around them because you're breathing into them. You're almost breathing life. Your consciousness is expanding from inside of them to be around them. When you can expand around thoughts, you're already experiencing a lot of natural benefits, right? Of course, when you do breathing meditation, you need to know all this. All you got to do is learn how to breathe and be present with yourself, hmm. right? Most basic one. The next one I really recommend is body scanning meditation, right? So when you first do mm -hmm. breathing meditation, you're trying to experience a certain stillness in your mind, okay. right? You want those thought patterns to kind of die down and you can experience stillness. For body scanning meditation, mm -hmm. you're trying to achieve a physical stillness as well as a mental stillness, right? When you do body scanning, you know that point where you're doing breathing meditation and you finally reach stillness. You feel like mm -hmm. your mind is free and clear and all that good stuff, right? You can experience that with your physical body. If you can do body scanning meditation, you can reach yeah. a physical stillness to where your entire body feels like a pillow, like you're on a cloud and you're relaxed perfectly. Right? 
that's super powerful because one, this bridges your mind and body together. Two, mm-hmm. this will surface all disconnect between your mind and body. Three, this will expand your awareness of mm-hmm. your physical body as well as any patterns you store in your body. As I, I keep saying that, there's a lot of things stored in your body, right? So it's huge, okay? The moment you do body scan meditation to reach stillness, the next day yeah. from then on, your awareness of your body will be able to pick up so many subconscious patterns, okay? You will be able to reach deep states of meditation. You'll get better sleep, right? If your body is not still and not rested, you cannot get deep sleep because your body will not fall asleep full all the way. Even your mind may fall asleep, but your body will still be tense, right? Two, if your body is not able to reach a, a deep state of peace, you cannot mm-hmm. do the deeper, deeper states of meditation. When you do those deep, deep states of meditation, you will encounter parts of yourself that you're afraid of. And if your body gets afraid and reacts and opens its eyes or gets sits up to avoid it, you will end the meditation. In order to reach deep, deep, deep states of meditation, your body needs to be still enough for your mind to travel the astral realm or astral plane or to travel your subconscious, right? The last form of meditation I highly recommend is chakra meditation. Reason being, this chakra mm-hmm. meditation is all about the ways in which your higher dimensional self is connected to your physical self for your physical reality, right? Each chakra is sort of like a, a button on a controller that controls your mind and body. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have seven buttons on a controller and you're playing a video game that is live, right? When you do chakra meditation, you unlock all seven main buttons, okay? Imagine trying to play mm-hmm. a video game and you only have a few of your buttons to use. Imagine you can't even move forward. You can only move backwards and left. It's not a fun game. <laughs> so chakra meditation is Sorry. the one I recommend oh. for next no, level, not. deep states of meditation, <laughs> finding your soul purpose, communicating with guides. You know, if you want to do astral projection, you want to talk to your spirit guides, you want to do any of that, you should probably do chakra meditation to help increase your vibration, to create a strong aura, to decrease your blind spots. Because if you do try to communicate higher dimensional beings and you have a very weak aura, a lot of blind spots, you would typically freak out and get scared and panic every time. Three meditations, highly recommended in that Mm -hmm. order. That is a goal. So, Brian, would you have uh, the stuff in the website and you can teach people? Yeah. Sounds very, very helpful. It can transform one's life completely. That, that is exactly what I want and That's also what, what I see like. that you're trying to do. I'm really happy <laughs> you're starting to speak and do podcasts as well, inner P. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you very much. I just suddenly knew I have What's to do happening? it. I don't know what I'm doing, so I just do it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So would you start have, your have, podcast too? You're a very good a, voice. Very I convincing. Have a, I have the first season planned out. Yeah, you do. Ten episodes. I have each episode. I have a topic for each episode. Some episodes have guest speakers as well. You could even be a guest speaker if you want. I'll send you the episode list. You could be a part of one episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. I love doing that. Thank you. 
Wow. What were we talking about? <laughs> I, I just saw a future where I'm on there already. So <laughs> I don't know, but we're talking. <laughs> it was really quick. This went by. Did you see a future yeah, of this? So it's already Did you see a vision of this uh -huh. happening? <laughs> uh parts of it part a little part of it uh-huh yeah <laughs> you can just ignore those things unless you're saying uh i'm gonna die or something then i'll pay more attention to it <laughs> it becomes a distraction sometimes yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's supposed like to happen. Yeah. Uh huh. So. You should. You should get a snake plant if you don't already. I do have now. Them. Before I didn't like them. Yeah. It purifies your air. It's an indoor plant. Oh, what's a snake plant? It's really beautiful too, and it's really low maintenance. You just need to water it like mm -hmm. once a week. Or okay whenever the soil is moist. Mm -hmm. Similar, but different. That sounds good. Sounds well, like a cactus. Yes, everything's I greener. I notice the plants are happier. The trees are happier. Yeah, and the energy from the ground is much soothing. It's better. Earth is healing. Nature's healing. It's really beautiful. The animals, they're happier, too. Some people are not happy, but <laughs> the nature's happier. Yeah. It feels kind silence of nice, right? The silence. Profound. Yeah, I like silence a lot of times. The, I used to think silence bothered me, then I realized it was my desire to disturb the silence that bothered me. It was my own desire, but not the silence itself. Because yeah, when it's silent, I have to face myself. I didn't want to do that. Yeah, that took a while to figure out. But once I figured that out, silence is quite enjoyable. Just sit there and just be, kind of relax and just reset. Yeah, kind of like what you said. When you do meditation to a point, I, I suck at meditation, by the way. I only meditated maybe 30 times in my life. But there are times that where I, I lose my body and I'm, I'm here and nowhere and everywhere. It's such a nice mm -hmm. reset. Yeah. The connection to the body afterwards is really nice too, like you said. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, Talk it's very beneficial. It. <laughs> Damn, I should do more meditation. Okay, I will. <laughs> I wonder you That's why I have to do this podcast. Oh, I have to do more meditation, all this roundabout ways to go. Meditate or dinner? <laughs> I think I'll focus on dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a dinner practitioner, man. 
<laughs> okay, universe, I hear you. Thank you. <laughs> so, is there anything you guys uh, want to share with everyone who's going to listen to this? Continue to show gratitude for everything. Ah, I want to tell people the path of light that and love and heart. Beautiful. As uh-huh. we collectively start to face our darkness, many people will be facing their own darkness as well. And I want to tell anyone listening that mm-hmm. you don't have to be afraid mm-hmm. as you face your darkness. And I also want to tell you that as someone who has gone through the dark many times, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be a bad experience by any means. It's supposed to be a good experience. So I really want to inspire anyone who may be struggling now or any time in the future, as we collectively expand more and more, that a lot of the good changes that, you, that you've actually been asking for, have been wanting to see, will come in that darkness, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want people to... You know, if they, if they if they're waiting for a wake up call or a message, I want this to be it. Like, go into that darkness. Be present with yourself. Start your meditation journey if you haven't. Be present with all the defense mechanisms, all the sad emotions, all your fears. It's it's a really fulfilling experience. Mm-hmm. It truly is. Like nothing that I have gone through, that inner P has gone through, that Vatska has gone through, is something that you cannot go through. You know. We're we're not by any means stronger than anyone else. We just happen to be dumb enough to do it before you guys did. <laughs> Take the leap. <laughs> that's very true. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a powerful message. Thank you. Appreciate that. And yeah, I, I hear you. I'll do I'll start doing meditation, Brian. <laughs> Your laughter is very contagious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, laughter will heal you and keep you young. It's my inner child just comes out. So yeah, <laughs> it's very important. It's a beautiful medicine. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Thank uh-huh. you for having us on Being your podcast. Present in the moment and just let it flow really naturally. Really appreciate it. Uh huh. Hey, you're very welcome. Thank you for being on my podcast. I'm, I don't know you how to do edits, so I'm not going to do edits. I'm just going to re- rename this and post it. And I think this. Yeah. Oh, because I know, I I know I'm good. I'm too lazy to give this to you for you, you to edit and come back. You can clip the ends in the beginning if you it. want. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I like it. No edits. No, I'll leave it there. This like is it. real and raw. Like so in the beginning, in the beginning you'll hear silence. You'll hear our audio yeah, checks at no the beginning. No edits, man. Just, uh, <laughs> just go. <laughs> what is the secret to inner peace? For in three the first seconds. You know, Brian, are you there? Are you there? Silence. <laughs> Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Damn it, it's gone. What happened? <laughs> hey, th- 
I want to thank both of you. Thank you so much for offering so much to for this podcast and helping others. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good night, you too. Or you can join us on our Telegram. I see you on Twitter. Thank you. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. see ya. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, have a good one. Good night, you guys.